Life Audio. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations. We want families to come here and gain insightful strategies that empower them to successfully teach diverse learners at home. Hosted by founder and CEO of Sped Homeschool, Peggy Ployer. Our goal is that these powerful weekly conversations will boost your confidence to cultivate the best at-home learning environment for your student. For more homeschool resources, go to spedhomeschool.com. You're listening to Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. We'll start the conversation with Peggy and her guests next. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool, a nonprofit that empowers families to home educate diverse learners. To learn more, visit spedhomeschool.com. Here's Peggy Ployer. Today, we are going to talk about executive functioning behavior strategies for parents. And my special guest today is Karen Haggard. Um, Karen is. Um, she holds both a BA in special education and an MED in reading from Harding University. She's taught for over 20 years in a variety of classroom settings, including elementary and special education, high school Spanish, and college English. She's been a dyslexia tutor since 2015 and is certified at the advanced level in the Barton program. She trained with Susan Barton to become a Barton screener and consultant. And if you're unfamiliar with the Barton reading and spelling system, um, you can learn more on her website about that. But Karen is also certified by the Texas Education Education Agency of Special Education by the Association of Christian Schools International as a reading specialist and also an associate educational therapist and a member of AET, the educational therapy that she helps students with who have broad reading, writing, or math difficulties or who struggle with executive functioning skills, which we'll be talking about today, like time management, organization, self-regulation, flexibility, and task initiation. Welcome, Karen. I'm super excited to have you on on the show today. Thank you, Peggy. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, yes. So what drives your passion to work with students? I always want, you know, know a little bit of background um, about the people that we we interview and especially homeschooling students, because I know a lot of your background um, for a while for quite a while was in the, the school system, but I know now your business helps a lot of homeschool families as well. Well, yes. And I was also a homeschool mom for many years. (laughs) Um, I, um, I think I wanted to be a teacher from the time I was probably 10. (laughs) And I had a cousin who was uh, special needs. Um, She is, uh, she passed a long time ago, but Mm. she probably is the catalyst um, that, um, prompted me to um, pursue special education. That's very cool. It's it's interesting how people in our lives can just affect us so much yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Well, very neat. Well, we're going to talk about executive functioning. And I know when we talked a little bit, the pre-show and you had talked about how you were doing a lot of dyslexia tutoring, those things. And now your team does a lot of that. So it's not that you don't do that a lot with your business, but that executive functioning has become one of those things that, that you love to focus on. Why is that? And, and how have you seen that affect the students that you work with when you focus on these things? Well, when I first started working with students with dyslexia, both adults and uh, children, which I did in the in my early years, um, uh, almost ten years ago, um, <laughs> I quickly saw that dyslexia was not their only struggle. Um, uh-huh. They always, always, also have executive function struggles, <laughs> and so in seeing that, um, and obviously we were addressing their reading um, and writing issues, right. um, but I wanted to do something that um, addressed those other perimeter struggles that also impacted school and life, obviously. Right. Yeah. And so just began learning um, more about um, executive function that kind of led me into the field of educational therapy. Um, ah, I mm-hmm. attended a, a, a conference um, put on by AET in Dallas um, a number of years ago. And that was really my first um, exposure to the field of educational therapy. I'd never heard of it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And um, just became more and more um, fascinated by um, that type of practice, which was really similar um, to what we were already doing uh, with dyslexia therapy, just with a different focus in those sessions. And so just kind of began learning more and more about how to help kids Mm -hmm. um, with those different types of struggles. And, um, and, you know, you can certainly apply those in a dyslexia session, um, you know, in a, um, in some, you know, five minute bites, if you will. Um, but sometimes that's not, you know, not really enough. It can help in the session. It can help the teacher in the session, um, to deal with those behaviors. It can help make those sessions more manageable and more successful. Mm -hmm. Um, but what about the rest, the other 20, three hours of the day, (laughs) (laughs) which parents, you know, that that's the, that's the part that, you know, we, we live in and it's like the struggle. (laughs) Exactly. So so what exactly are executive functions and what um, you talked when you gave me things that we, you wanted to talk about, you talked about naming. Um, And so what, what is the power in that and exactly what, what is it? <laughs> okay. So that has kind of become my own um, spin on executive function coaching. I know other therapists do similar things and it is, it's a really important part. Um, but it is to me, it is the most important part of teaching executive function. Wow. And um, that is just simply, I always start with teaching about the brain um, in, mm-hmm. in whatever capacity that child can learn the words, even the vocabulary of the parts of the brain. You know, I have five-year-olds that have gone back to their kindergarten teacher and told them all about the amygdala. (laughs) (laughs) And they love to teach those words to other people. They come back and we talk about, you know, what the different parts of the brain do and what they control. And um, I I just think there's power in that, in teaching them that this is, um, it, it's, it's a part of who we are and mm-hmm. we can change it. And, um, yes. that's just amazing to me, the mm-hmm. neuroscience behind that. And so to teach that to kids, um, like I said, from five-year-olds all the way through teenagers, um, I think is really powerful to teach them that vocabulary. And that's always where I start. Um, and then moving yeah. from the brain to the different executive functions themselves and what that means, mm-hmm. of course, always teaching on an age appropriate level in terms of, um, but again, yeah. five-year-olds can learn what metacognition is. <laughs> right. Yes. So. Yeah. You just have to put it in terms that they yeah. can understand and yeah. yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. relate to and that yeah. ends up being that. Yeah. But I think the power in all of that is you have the ability to to improve this 
to change yeah. this, um, yeah. that our brain just isn't static. You know, we, we yeah. have this ability, this plasticity and, and, and when kids understand that, you know, they, they control that superpower. Um, it, it, it allows them to realize I'm not stuck. I think we live in a society so much that labels kids and says, this is who you are. This is where you're at and just deal with it. Um, instead of you have the power to do something about this. And, and I, I just applaud you for, um, for, you know, coming at it from that direction, because, you know, God made us to, to be the best that we can be. And when we encourage kids to do that, um, they will embrace that they want to get better. Um, it's just that too often we tell them these, these things that, that get them in that, that cycle that they feel like there's just no way out. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so, yes, there's so much power in that. After a word from our sponsor, we'll dive back into this conversation. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool. Go to spedhomeschool.com to get resources and support for teaching your unique learner at home. So specifically, as far as executive functioning goes, what, what, ex- you know, there's a whole um, pile of things within yes. executive functioning. <laughs> so what are the names of that? Because I think probably more parents are going to understand that when you start describing them versus this whole umbrella of executive functioning. Right. Yeah. And, and that, that is, um, You'll, you'll find a variety of different lists if you were to do a Google search of executive functions. But generally, um, there's, you know, anywhere between 9 and 12. Some people break it down even more and come up with 15 okay. or 16. But I use a list that um, comes from one of the resources that I gave you called Pathway to Success. Um, she has broken it down into 10 executive functions, uh, okay. the creator of that content. And her list um, consists of planning, organization, task initiation, um, metacognition, which is for most people a new term or sometimes, and we definitely focus on that one with kids, Um, time management, self-control, perseverance, flexibility, attention, and working memory. Um, And so that, you know, teaching about the brain and then teaching about his executive functions, you can see that that right. takes some time. But again, going back to that vocabulary and how mm-hmm. important it is to teach them about these parts of our behavior and, and our ability to control 
um, how we react to things and that kind of thing is just super, super important. And so then, Absolutely. then they have names, they have words yes. and you have words as mm -hmm. the parent or the teacher to say, you know, what about task initiation in this? Or are you exhibiting good self-control? What are our strategies? Mm. So. Right. Instead of just boiling it down to all about this is you and you're not doing it right. right. You know, this is this is part of the process that is not happening correctly. And how can we change that? Yeah. And so it's not about changing you personally, like internally, you know, we want to make you into a different person, but we want to change some behavior. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and that's I related to that. Yeah. As strengths and weaknesses, um, mm -hmm. you know, we all have strengths and we all have weaknesses Absolutely. in executive functions. And mm -hmm. I, I, it's, I think it's really important. I always tell kids, you know, when we're talking about, um, you know, some of the different executive functions, I even tell them, you know, this is one I have to work on. And I think that's really important. And I think it's especially important for um, parents to, um, uh, you know, let their kids see that this is an area of weakness for them as well. And you're working on it together. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's super empowering. Um, you know, when we are in teaching and evaluating with dyslexia, um, I when I do an evaluation with a student, I always ask um, parents, who else in your family has dyslexia? And if the child knows who that person is, whether it's a parent, a grandparent, aunt, uncle, um, I think it's so helpful for them to say, you know what, just like Aunt Tracy, I have dyslexia and this makes life a little challenging, but we can, we're in this together. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, Tracy had um, asked if we could list those again. And I did put the link into the feed um, on both YouTube and Facebook. Um, I will also, when we're finished with the show, put a link to that, that resource in the show notes so that you can click on that too. But it's um, the pathway to success.com. It's that executive functioning skills. It's a, it's a longer URL, so I'm not going to put it up on the screen, but um, I did share it in the comments and we will share it in the show notes too. Yeah, and I used just a ton of those resources from that. Okay, from yeah, her. Oh, that's awesome. And Sue just said thank you too. So you're welcome. Awesome. Well, yes, and and having those names for those things, I think, is mm -hmm. just it. Like you going back to what you were saying before, um, it allows us as parents to have those discussions without the frustration. I think because <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. you know when I you can't wrap your mind around exactly what you're trying to, to talk about. It all just boils down to, you're just not doing it right. You know, and we can't, right. we can't figure out, you know, how to get from point where the point we're at now to where we want our child to be. And we don't want to be frustrated with them, but we're so frustrated with not understanding what's going on that, um, that it's just, it makes the whole, the whole ordeal kind of, explode when it really doesn't need to, if we have the, the right understanding. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, like I said, yeah. I just feel like it, the starting place for that conversation is in teaching the vocabulary. Yes. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. And I, I use two, um, two main resources, although I, I know we've listed four or five, um, but the pathway to success is one place that actually gives you the tools to, um, uh, even do self-evaluations, which is really the next step um, okay. for a child. And it really doesn't matter how old they are. Even a five-year-old can, can look at, you know, once you've taught those executive function terms, mm -hmm. you can look at that and say, well, do you think that you have good self-control? Right. Do you always get started with your work? Um, when I ask you to do it or when you're asked to do it or, hmm. you know, what's your bedroom look like? <laughs> we need to work on organization there. You know? If they, they think it looks fine, take a picture. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. And, but, but at the same time say, you know what, when you get started on something, you have really good perseverance. Mm, you yes. keep working until you're finished. And so in this area, you this is your strength. 
And so I think that's a really important thing as well to um, always point out those strengths as well, because that's empowering also. It is too. So then you, I mean, like you had talked about earlier, there will be things that our child as well as us struggle with Mm long-term. It's just one of those, you know, executive functioning things that our brain just will not latch on too quickly. And, you know, we do have to figure out some supports or scaffolding. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just like my, my planners, you know, the, the multiple ones I have and timers and <laughs> things that ding because I even forget to eat. Um, <laughs> so yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's things like that, that, you know, you, you, you can, like you said, you can have those strengths and weaknesses, but, um, but then you, you, you do know where to start looking for resources too yes. versus, this is just always a frustration and Mm -hmm. I don't even know where to start with this. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and then the, you know, obviously the ultimate goal as your child um, grows and matures is for them to take over the monitoring of those. Yeah. But if they know what their areas of weakness are and they've Mm -hmm. learned some strategies, then even if as they get older, those strategies need to change or shift a little bit because of different circumstances, college, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, um, it, they've got a foundation in order to do that. Right. And um, if they've already been practicing strategies since they were younger, they're going to be able to apply those to their new situations. That is so true. Yes. Yeah. The, the earlier, the better. And like you were saying, five, they can start yeah. this at. Absolutely. So, so start, start early, get them, get them going, let them fail within your house. I think we had that conversation yeah. last week. Um, failure. If you don't allow failure, you don't allow learning. That's um, right. And I loved that quote, but, um, but yes, we, we want them to be able to learn all of those things. Um, so they are prepared to make those decisions, change those things on their own. And my daughter just started college this year. And of course, she had to take all online courses because she registered so late. One of those executive functioning skills. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I've heard that online classes are really hard. And so she's got five things to do this week. Oh, wow. And she's trying to juggle them. And, you know, she's persevering through it, though. And, right. Um, but, but yeah, it's those skills. You, you can't just instantly learn them. Those are yep. things that take, take a long time. So, yeah. So we have quite a few people that they're like, I'm sorry, I joined, joined late. Well, you haven't missed too much. There's a, there's a link up above um, that lists some of the things that Karen listed out as far as executive functioning skills. Um, and we're just kind of starting to dive, dive into that. So um so I think my next question for you is, you know, what what types of struggles do we see most around each of these skills? Um, well, um, I think a, probably the biggest place is just knowing where to start, teaching uh, them how to recognize even what poor self-control looks like. Right. So, and so, you know, you can you can look at um, certain behaviors that they've had, you know, use something that happened yesterday that they're going to still remember. <laughs> right. And say, you know, what about in this situation? And um, and talk about, you know, whether they think that they had good self-control mm-hmm. um, or or whether, you know, you know, you, you can't find your um, homework for co-op or, you know, right. what, what's the cause of that? Okay. Mm-hmm. So you don't know where it is. You know, you did it. Um, what's the, let's go look at your room. Right. <laughs> let's, go look at your <laughs> let's look at your backpack. Let's get to the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. And some tools that I um, like to use. I, I also use another uh, resource called Boys Town Press. And Ah, um, Boys Town um, caught my attention um, decades ago. Um, I taught in a public school in Arlington, Texas. That was um, a, uh, the school was a brand new reorganized school and had on the first day of school had 950 kids, all with lots of executive function struggles. Mm. <laughs> it was, it was a rough school. And, um, 
the first year was rocky and we were brand new faculty had been pulled from a variety of different places and it was a rough year i mean we're talking mm-hmm. um it's now a part of town that is probably considered um you know gangs and get ghettos and that kind of thing wow. and of course it was an elementary school but we were trying to curtail behaviors at you know young ages right. and uh so we were just, you know, trying to figure out what to do. And Boys Town at the had a curriculum that you could teach that taught appropriate behaviors in a very mm-hmm. systematic, very intentional way. And it turned that school around. Wow. And I've always um, remembered that it it um, just left an uh, impression on me forever. Mm. And so when I discovered Boys Town Press, which comes from the same um, Boys Town. Um, Very cool. I, you know, it, it definitely kept my attention and their, their resources are really, really good for teaching executive functions. And they would be very easy to use in a homeschool setting or mm. a co-op or whatever. Um, because they're just really, um, you know, you can, for a $15 uh, investment, you've got an entire executive function curriculum for one particular executive function. So wow. um, that is one That's of really the cool. resources that I gave you. Um, yep. Yeah, I copied that um, link and put it in the feed, both on Facebook and YouTube. And again, we'll put it in the show notes. So, yeah. Um, what age is that geared for? Well, the, it's really from, you know, even probably four-year-olds or, or hmm. even younger all the way through teen years. And they've, okay. they've got different resources for different age ranges. So they really haven't left anybody out. Right. Um, and the, the ones that I use the most typically are storybooks. Um, I think hmm. I have one. So like, for instance, um, this one is called Time to Get Started. And so that's for somebody who struggles with task initiation. And it's the characters are very relatable. They're kids their age who are struggling with that executive mm-hmm. function. And it usually gives uh, the storyline has a home component and parent talking to the child oh, and then also okay. going to school and yeah. having the same struggles at school. And um, usually the, parent has talked to the teacher. So the teacher knows (laughs) what the executive function is that they're trying to work on, but it, it gives a strategy, usually three or four steps that are very awesome. Take all the guesswork out. (laughs) I used to practice it. And then the, uh, Boys Town has also included these little, um, like little posters that you can put up. (laughs) Yes. So every time your child walks by them, they will see them and remember them. And yes, those are awesome. And then there's downloadable activities also um, where you can, you know, discuss and talk through um, the strategy in a Hmm. variety of different fun ways um, to, to then practice the strategies that the book teaches. So these could be used in, uh, like I said, a homeschool situation with just one child or two children or a co-op or, you know, whatever kind of a situation. But they're super, super helpful. And for me, one-on-one in a therapy situation, they work great. Very cool. We've already had a couple questions, and I know we have quite a few um, as far as ones that came in previous to the the discussion as well. And so, um, so just know that we are going to get to your questions. Um, we're going to try to finish just the, the kind of the groundwork here um, of getting through some of the things that Karen um, wants you all to know about. And then, um, then we'll go start diving into your specific questions. So don't think that we're ignoring you. Um, I, I have starred the ones that are questions and I will make sure we get back um, to those while, um, while we are on this um, this talk. So y- you said that you have some exercises that help identify strengths and weaknesses. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Uh, sure. Uh, actually, though, the, what I use, well, I use a couple of different things. Um, there is one that I use in therapy sessions when I when I have somebody who's brought their child for executive function coaching or any mm-hmm. kind of um, uh, ed therapy that is obviously rooted in executive function issues. Um, 
the um, there's a, a executive function uh, survey called the Brief, um, and it's through Par Inc., which is a a, a school resource. Um, but um, those same principles of self-evaluation and also a parent looking through and answering some questions about their child to determine where their strengths and weaknesses are. Um, another way to do that is also to, if they're in any kind of a co-op or maybe a Sunday school teacher or another adult, because, you know, parents don't always have the most. <laughs> yeah, um, we kind of compensate for our kids. That's, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think as, as soon as the child is able to do some self-evaluation, you want to allow them to be a part of that um, evaluation. But Pathway to Success has um, a whole bunch of different uh, executive okay. function uh, pre uh quizzes that you answer okay. questions and it guides you know you through it's something you could do with your child if they're a little older they can answer for themselves and you can talk about it and um, anyway it helps to identify strengths and weaknesses for executive all of the different executive functions that's great yes so I'm just going to list that general website for them um, too that that you shared um, share that in the feed as well um, so yeah, those checklists can can be really helpful because I think um, we already have some questions coming in saying, you know, wh what about this and um, how do I, you know, know what's what's involved with executive functioning and yeah. and so so that that is helpful. So I think for do, any do they child, those? I was going. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say for any child that's you know even I don't know eight, nine, ten. Mm -hmm. Once you've taught that list of executive function vocabulary, I think it's really good to say, okay, we're going to do some self-evaluations, but first mm -hmm. I want you to decide which do you think are the three that you have the most difficulty with. I think it's really mm -hmm. important for them to be thinking in those terms even before right. they do the self-evaluation. That's a good idea. Yeah. And what about do, do those evaluations only focus on the deficits or do they focus on the strengths as well? No, it, she did it. It focuses on both strengths. And oh, weaknesses. good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's extremely helpful. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. All right. Um, so, so as far as strategies, um, should we just kind of dive into some of the questions, and then um, if there's any other strategies that you think of afterwards that we maybe didn't address in sure, the sure. Spe question specifics, um, we can head back to there. Um, I'm going to address the ones that are live right now. Um, okay. Lisa had asked, um, you know, what if my teen has not been practicing strategies since younger? Um, you know, you always feel like, I mean, I caught my son's dyslexia when he was 16 and I just felt like I was such a failure as a mm -hmm. homeschool parent. Um, I mean, your child's learning as an adult too. Um, yeah. But but what are some things that, you know, they could start doing right now um, if they haven't been working on these since a young age? Well, I think the, the, the process or the procedure is the same, no matter whether they're five or 16. Um, I think teaching uh, a little bit about the brain, a little bit about neuroscience to a 16 year old. Um, you know, I think even asking them, you know, you're seem to be really struggling with this. Mm -hmm. Would you like to do something to try and help, you know, give you some strategies to deal with this a little bit more easily? You know, this, and if, if they don't see that, which is possible, you know, sometimes. Right. Yeah, she said that her, <laughs> her child also has memory issues. So, okay. um, so that might be a component yeah. as well. Well, um, you know, obviously memory is a huge uh, part of it. And I will say another huge part of my practice is I am an equipping minds therapist. And I know you've had Dr. Yes. Carol Brown on here. Uh-huh. <laughs> And so if that's a, if that is a struggle and you feel like that's probably maybe the underlying weakness that's causing a lot of other issues, mm -hmm. um, I would not hesitate to direct them to um, equipping minds because um, for processing problems, for memory issues, um, for 
cognitive flexibility, which are all, you can see how they're all tied together. Mm -hmm. um, those are all going to be um, addressed in equipping minds. And I, I can't say enough. We've, we've, oh, our yeah. whole practice has gone almost half to equipping minds. We have five equipping minds therapists that are um, working in that program now. So it's, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is an amazing program. And, you know, I've done some stuff with Carol and she, you know, she's used those cards with me and I've interviewed her a couple of times on the show and it, and it like, it feels like my brain's growing while I'm doing it. It's just amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I have to put I've my little plug in for her too. <laughs> with uh, adults who have mm -hmm. processing issues, um, uh, post uh, concussion syndrome, <laughs> yes. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. It's yep. just, just amazing. But and strokes. I think she's worked with people who've had strokes mm -hmm. before. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite exactly. amazing. So, um, so that, you know, that would address that, but if, <laughs> if that's one of the underlying issues, then that's, you know, it's the same thing. It's the same process. You identify the, the um, strengths and weaknesses. Um, you learn about, the different executive functions mm -hmm. and you say, let's, you know, let's find some strategies. Let's work on some ways to address these issues. And, and like I said, Boys Town um, and Pathway to Success has um, uh, resources to help facilitate that learning for right. all ages. So oh, it's not awesome. too late, no matter what. <laughs> no, it really isn't. I mean, even as adults, it's still not too late. <laughs> You're finding, I know. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you reevaluated your organization method for, you know, <laughs> Often. a different, <laughs> a different uh, process or different procedure? I, you know, right. we all need to be uh, evaluating um, mm -hmm. those processes in ourselves. So. Yes, absolutely. It's an ongoing process in itself. Yep. <laughs> so we had another viewer ask, um, Angie, and said, what are some suggestions for school when dealing with a student with executive function when they state their brain has shut off? Um, I, there's, I think you need to, to kind of talk through why. Um, is it mm -hmm. because they're uh, frustrated, because the material's gotten too hard, or is it because they're distracted? by right, something yeah. else. I mean, it could be a variety of things. Mm -hmm. So that would be really where to start is to, to help them um, determine, you know, what is, what's the barrier here? What's causing the shutdown? Right. Um, and I, I think the process is the same. I think teaching those executive function vocabulary um, and, you know, looking at that and, and because it's for something like that, there would be some underlying reason and it's going to be different for, for each student. Right. Um, and that's harder to determine if the child is in school because you're not there always observing as a parent. I can, you know, I can change the atmosphere and say, Oh, we're doing better here versus here. So, you know, these are we're taking out some, like you said, the distractions, the, the work we can change almost instantly. But when you're in a school system, that that all is variables you don't have control over and sure. it makes it much more difficult. And, and kids shut down for a variety of reasons. Oh, and yeah. It, it may be I, bullying. I mean, it could be a, a whole be slew of anything. Are they tired? Yeah. Are they hungry? Are they, right. is, is math being taught after lunch? <laughs> right. Middle, <laughs> or, or before lunch, you know, it, it, it could be anything. Yeah. Um, but, yes. but getting to the root cause is always the, um, that's kind of the, uh, premise of educational therapy really is mm -hmm. getting to the root cause of, right. of a problem. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, because I mean, like you said, you had these students that came in with dyslexia, but then you're realizing they had executive functioning issues and, um, and, and yes, there's, there still is something with the brain that's, you know, making the dyslexia there. But when you clear up so many other things, then it makes everything else so much easier to teach towards. Oh yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. Cause otherwise I, we just feel like we're banging our head against the wall. Yeah. <laughs> things are happening. That's actually what led me to, uh, equipping minds was mm. finding something that would, you know, for, for most of our students, the, the method that we use with the Barton program 
works mm -hmm. really, really well. Right. But some will sometimes sometimes get to like a plateau or just they seem to hit a barrier mm. and they're not making much progress. And that's so frustrating for it the is. child. Right. Um, and the parent who's yeah. paying the bill. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I was just looking for any way to help remove that and equipping minds. I we've been in business for almost for over seven years and I have never, never um, recommended that a child take off for the summer. You know, parents always, mm -hmm. and I, I make that clear right up front, they need to work straight through the summer. We don't take off for the summer. Right. Um, but after starting Equipping Minds and seeing the progress that kids make after they do the Equipping Minds program, mm -hmm. we, I, for the first time this last summer, after uh, doing this for a year and a half, I actually recommended to several students parents that we take the summer off from dyslexia tutoring and do equipping minds. And um, it, it's just amazing how much faster their dyslexia therapy is going after doing that. So and kids feel like they're playing games they when they're do. doing it. So it really doesn't seem like it's hard work. I mean, no. it does feel on your brain. It does feel like it's working, but, but it's yeah. gameplay and it, it makes it so much more fun. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, that's really cool. So I'm going to leave this up to you. We had quite a few questions that came in ahead of time um, and I can throw them up on the screen, how in ever, whatever order you would like to address them. So okay. is there one specifically that you want to start with? Um, let me look and see. I did um, print them out. So um, I'll tell you what, I'll just, um, there's, there was, I'll just start at the bot, the top of what you gave me earlier. Okay. And so um Sarah H says, yeah. are there quick techniques? Okay. And so, so I actually uh, went into the story, um, the Boys Town Press story and the strategy, the book for that, that I would recommend is called, of course, it's a big deal. And oh, it's about, okay. um, uh, getting control of a situation and oh, not overreacting okay. to it. And so this, the storyline teaches about a little boy who's having problems, um, having meltdowns and okay. um, getting upset and not then being able to see his way out of that because hmm. that's typically what happens. You know, they, once it starts, they don't have a strategy for how to get out of it. Right. And sometimes they even verbalize later. I just didn't know what else to do. I was stuck. And yeah. that's, you know, that's when the meltdown happens. So, so <laughs> the story, of course, it's a big deal gives um, this, this four part strategy. Um, and some of it's going to sound familiar, um, uh -huh. but I think giving kids four things to do. Yes. In a specific yep. order. And practicing that in a non right um, when it's a calm situation, yes, mm -hmm. is really important. And that's what this um, resource does: is it provides multiple ways to do that and to learn that okay. strategy. So mm -hmm. the first strategy is pause and try to stay calm. It teaches deep breaths or counting to ten, which mm -hmm. sounds familiar. We all know that, right? Um, Think of a way to make the situation better. Is there an exit plan? Is there, mm. can I, can I remove myself or can right. I ask somebody to repeat their question or, you know, it goes through several different things mm -hmm. and then try it out. You know, um, I need to, um, you know, practice my strategy in the moment right. um, or try out the, the strategy or the, you know, the, the exit plan exit. or yep. asking mm -hmm. a question or whatever. And then if nothing else works and you can't figure out, ask for help, go to the teacher, go to the parent and say, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, I don't, I think sometimes kids think they have to do it on their own without asking. Right. And yeah. Well, when thing. you hit that panic um, mode, you get that fight or flight. Um, yes. It does feel like the world the, all that pressure is on you and you've got to do something personally about it. And I guess that, you know, that idea of reaching out um, doesn't seem like a, the first thing you should do, but like practicing will make yeah. that more natural. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. So going through those steps multiple times, like I said, the little visual that you can put on the refrigerator or in mm-hmm. their notebook, you know, right. when they're going to school or going to home to co-op or mm-hmm. you know wherever or on a three by five card if they need to carry it with them yeah. um, to the mall or, you know, wherever the trouble spots seem to be, if they can have it right um, as a visual. And if they're not a reader yet, mm-hmm. create icons, you know, right. Yeah. You know, that have, um, that they know the meaning of and mm-hmm. will be reminders of those strategies. Yeah. You could even create a little bracelet with different yep. colored beads and each oh, of those yeah. beads would Perfect. be one of those different strategies mm-hmm. and, and then it would be on them all the time. Yeah. yeah. So there's, yeah. there's so many different ways to, to, to help out because when that panic mode does set in, it, it is, it is really hard well, you can't teach in it, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. but the more you prepare ahead of time and give yes. them that reminder, the, the easier it's going to yeah. be. And all they have to remember uh, in that moment is the first step. Right. And exactly. Step and, <laughs> and if they've practiced it over and over um, mm-hmm. and, and talked it through and, you know, that's that's the the best way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then then the the. A really important component of that too is um, evaluate it. Yes, you get yes. home. So you will and, change it properly. <laughs> yeah, and you know that they um, had a a on near miss. You know, mm-hmm. about, uh, you know, of losing control in a certain situation. Talk it through. Let them talk about it. How right. they felt, and if they were successful, even if it's just part of the way. Um, then talk about that and talk about, um, you know, is there something they could do differently next time? Hmm. Or did they just knock it out of the ballpark? You know, right. that's a, a big win and they need to know that. Hmm. Absolutely. Yes. But, um, they, and it's, it happens little by little, you know, that progress is what we have to uh-huh. celebrate for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So Amy had asked, can you give us some examples of how to teach these skills? Um, well, we like I said, through some of that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, like I said, the, you know, teaching about the brain. Yes. Um, and, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be complicated. You know, I have a little um, a visual that I got. I just got online and it's called mm-hmm. the amazing brain. And I didn't even mm-hmm. have a... Um, resource link to give you because I'm not even sure where it came from but it's just a very simple it's it talks about the prefrontal cortex and the hippocampus and Mm -hmm. the amygdala and that's really all I teach um but those big old words and they love to learn those words oh yes yeah but they can learn that the prefrontal cortex is where we learn to make choices and that's where that's the um you know that's how we um pay attention. And that's, that's helps us to learn things. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then the hippocampus is going to help us to remember what we learn and it stores our memories. And, Mm -hmm. um, that's, you know, what we're going to pull from when we're trying to remember something that we learned yesterday or, um, and then the amygdala is, um, you know, it's the part that melts down, (laughs) um, but it's also the part that keeps us safe if we're in a situation where we need that flight or flight that you mentioned mm-hmm. before. Right. So yeah. I think being able to recognize those um, are yeah. really. Yeah, Absolutely. Are yes. To give those a vocabulary and, yeah. um, and the ability to, to, to just say, this is what's going on inside because <laughs> otherwise the, the meltdowns happen and we have no idea and, yeah. you know, they get blamed for bad behavior, but it's, there's always something behind that that's they're trying to, to communicate. Yeah, yeah. So. It's not about the behavior. It's whatever led up to it. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So Heidi asked, um, she said, I have a six-year-old with Down syndrome. Is there sometimes a regression issue with certain areas like letter sounds? Um, I think she's maybe, is maybe this a more of a reading issue. Yeah. Um, I think that's, probably a memory working memory um problem right. most of the time mm-hmm. um and so working on you know using 
working memory exercises, which there's, mm-hmm. you know, if you were to Google working me- memory activities, you would find all kinds. <laughs> but I will say, um, if you were to go to, doc- to Equipping Minds, I was just going <laughs> to say that. <laughs> um, there's actually, um, so the, the curriculum, um, the way it's, uh, the way you can access the curriculum for Equipping Minds is through what uh, Carol calls the Roses program. Mm -hmm. And um, Rose is actually a person with Down syndrome. Yes. And her story is amazing. I Mm -hmm. actually got to meet Rose and she um, graduated from junior uh, community college, I think last year or maybe this year, I can't remember the timeframe, but um, so if you are you know, looking for something to address those working right. memory and those mm-hmm. uh, cognitive flexibility and um, uh, processing skills, especially, um, which, of course, are all just so intermingled with executive function issues um, and struggles. Um, yeah. And I definitely would encourage her to go look at uh, Equipping Minds. And you'll see some videos um, of Rose. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of answers Rich's question, too, about executive functioning tools long term, because you do see what Equipping Minds does. It 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 does affect the pathways of the brain long term. Yes. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'll go on to the next question then. Elizabeth asked, she said, help, I have an eight-year-old that leaves a trail of destruction behind him everywhere he goes. We are starting OT, but I recognize that I need help in my own mindset when it comes to helping um, keep the house organized for everyone in it. Advice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, first of all, I would say start small. Um, Don't don't have um, and manage expectations both Uh, for the child and for yourself. Mm -hmm. And and I, again, back to being able to uh, let your child know that you deal with this as well. Um, I think that's huge. And, you know, this is, we're going to work on this together, buddy. And um, that, that there's just real power in that. And um, kids love to point out when we haven't followed through with something. And I would say, you know, give them, um, permission to do that as as a partner in that process, as long as they're you know respectful and following still the the standards of your household, um, allowing them to partner with you in that as you both work on it. Um, but again, start small, manage expectations, but then it's just the same process that I've already mentioned. You know, talk about it, talk about right. what part of the brain is mm-hmm. struggling. You know, what's not connecting there. Um, but that you're going to work on it, um, learn some strategies. Um, And there's Mm -hmm. actually several of the Boys Town um, uh, books and uh, (laughs) sections that actually deal specifically with um, those types of organization. And I I will say that one of the things about organization, which is one of the major executive functions, you know, we think about that being a backpack issue or a bedroom issue or Hmm. like she said the trail of destruction right (laughs) but organization um the same part of the brain that um you know either allow somebody to keep their backpack organized and keep track of their stuff Mm -hmm. is also the same part of the brain that when you read a passage um, allows you to organize the material in it. Oh, wow. um, you know, are you able to put that in, make sense of it? Hmm. And it's, it's the same brain function essentially um, that does those two things. And you would never, you wouldn't think that that would be a, right. the same thing, but it's organization. Yeah. It's organization it, data in your brain yeah. versus if the you're, physically. Yeah. If you're asking somebody to write a summary, you're asking them to organize what they just read. Hmm. Right. Yeah. So reading comprehension really Mm -hmm. falls deeply into that as well, you know, as they learn to read. Oh, that's amazing. Well, Heather asked a question. She said, my nine-year-old son tends to daydream, very slow to complete tasks. He's not necessarily being disobedient, but the behavior does cause some difficulty in completing his lessons for the day. 
how can I encourage him to stay focused? I've tried timers, positive reinforcement. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, this was, this is one of the, um, the same kind of thing that I mentioned before. There's a great book in the Boys Town mm-hmm. Press that teaches the strategies. And so I actually, you know, again, pulled that up. The story that I picked was, it's called Time to Get Started. The author is Brian Smith. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it focuses on um, task initiation, which is one of the right. uh, executive functions. And, you know, that's a, that's a biggie. You know, if you you struggle with task initiation, there's a whole lot of things that can go wrong if you can't Mm. get started. And so what the one of the very first um, parts of the strategies is, first of all, you have to to decide what it is that needs to get done. Sometimes that's where the the breakdown is. If they're looking at a messy room. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they don't even really know what they're supposed to do there. Then you need to you know, identify that. Mm -hmm. Um, But then um, find out what's stopping you. If it's that I'm feeling overwhelmed, right. Or I don't know um, what tools are available to me here. Do I Mm -hmm. have bins to put things in? Do I have, you know, all that's some, you know, an Mm -hmm. eight year old, that might be a struggle. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Um, And then coming up with a plan and getting started. And then again, most of these um, teach self-advocacy in some way. Mm. Ask for help. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. We all need help. Yeah. We're yeah. too and independent think, of a society and our, our kids get that, yeah. that message that, you know, here we were making you independent and we put all this on them and, and yet they're not quite ready for that. Well, and then as a, as a parent, mm-hmm. as a mom, I think it's also important to make asking help for help safe. Yes. <laughs> if yep. Your child that you sent to their room 30 minutes or 45 minutes ago to clean mm-hmm. comes in and says, mom, I need help. They need to know you're not right. going to say, you know, why haven't you gotten that room cleaned up? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, that's a legitimate question and that, mm. that you are going to give legitimate help and, and go back over the strategies with them. And um, so it needs to be safe to ask for help. Yes. Yes. That's so true. Yeah. So we got a couple more questions here. Gretchen asks, how do I encourage a child with PDA um, to learn executive functioning skills without seeing it as a demand and shutting down? Okay. So to, to, um, uh, it's like a pervasive development disorder. I think that that is PDA. I'm looking for the term. I had to look it up, but I, it was, um, it, it's a, it's the child who, if they perceive um, that something's going to be demanded or require of them, they, they shut down in that situation. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think for starters, um, you've got to have buy-in from that kiddo. Yeah. And I think, I think maybe the best way to do that is to show them the consequences of certain behavior. Oh, yeah. So, so what happens when I tell you to clean your room and you defy me or you choose not to do that, well, there's natural consequences to that. We don't get to go to get ice cream or we can't, or, you know, when you come home, then you still have to clean it or whatever that is, you know, you can create those links. I think a lot of times kids don't see the link between their behavior and the natural consequence that's Hmm. that they're going to feel the negativity of and not a punishment. It's just the way it is. You know, if you don't clean your room before you leave home, you're going to come home to a dirty room. And, or if your room is uh, disorganized, you're going to not find your homework when it's time to go to school. I mean, Mm -hmm. they need to see those, you know, the link between their behavior or their choices and, the natural consequence of that. And so drawing that par- that uh, connection for them and helping them see those can be uh, a really powerful tool. Oh, and absolutely. so that's the place to start and, yeah. and get them to recognize, you know, I don't like 
when exactly. I don't get to go out <laughs> and play <laughs> with my friends, or I don't like when I have to stay home to do something mm -hmm. I really should have done earlier. Um, I think I would rather choose differently next time. Right. Yeah. And then going from there, creating a strategy so that they do have those tools to do whatever, you know, again, getting to the root cause of what's really causing it. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's great. Um, our last question that we had, we do have a couple that are coming in live too, and I'll try to get to those as well. Um, but she says, can you speak to FASD and its impact on executive functioning and offer advice? That's a huge uh, so one. Fetal alcohol syndrome. Yeah, fetal alcohol um, syndrome. Yeah. So, you know, I think they're still kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they still, you know, you might have to repeat things a little more. You might mm -hmm. have to practice a little more. Um, their processing skills and speed is going to be a little slower. Yep. Um, but it's still the same principles. You don't really change anything. Um, they, they need more time. Um, to process, they need more time to accomplish whatever it is that they they need to do. Um, but it's it, they're still kids, and they still need the same supports and the same um, um, processes that that other kids do. So yeah. just just more yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, that's that truly is the FASD uh, model. My I have multiple siblings with FASD adopted, um, and my parents have just realized that their the length of their learning is probably when we consider like seventeen, mm -hmm. eighteen is going to be twenty four to twenty seven. Right, it's just it's a it's a longer process because mm -hmm. those there's a lot of bubbles sometimes in the brain and those neural pathways take longer to just develop around, around those spaces. And, but they do, they, they do get there. Yeah. Um, it's just, just hard because you're judging them according to their age and they're not yeah. always right there. You can't do that. And yeah. And there's other, you know, other syndromes that have mm -hmm. similar, similar. Uh, yes, paths. exactly. They just need more time and mm -hmm. you can't, um, it, and it might not always be linear. I mean, it's going to, it might be a little zigzaggy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, we gotta and, we gotta um, be willing to do that. Um, I guess the last one that I want to put up here um, is Lisa had asked. Um, she said, "I'm um, my son is says he states that he's lazy." When I asked him why he didn't do uh, an assignment, um, but she said, "I don't believe it truly is laziness." Um, I think that's usually the case. I think he's probably heard that from somebody else. Right. Or not. Maybe not. Hopefully not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, there's another barrier. And I think figuring out what that is, um, mm -hmm. is important. And, and helping him to see that, that he's not lazy and help him. Right. I mean, again, at that age, he can you know, he can go down through this same process of mm -hmm. finding the root cause of, you know, yeah. Does he have dysgraphia? <laughs> mm -hmm. Does he have, is there something else going on there to, to figure out? Right. And yeah. maybe enlist some help. You know, um, mm -hmm. my uh, website will be listed, I'm, I'm sure, yep. on here. Let me so. put that right up right now because that's about time to talk about that. So if you can <laughs> let parents know what how to connect with you and your services, uh, um, I'm going to read it just because it'll be on the podcast too. Sure. LiteracyConsultingSpecialties.com. And we'll also put that link in the show notes as well as the, the podcast notes too. Yeah. And I'm happy to answer any questions. And you're welcome to my uh, phone numbers. Both my cell and my office are on uh, our website and I welcome calls. Yeah. So what kind of services can parents find um, that you guys offer? Well, any uh, educational therapy services, just okay. again, getting to the root cause of any kind of a learning struggle. Um, mm. And, and, you know, even if it's not something that we can provide helping people find resources. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Karen. This has been one packed hour. <laughs> it goes by really fast. <laughs> it goes by super fast. Yes. Well, we appreciate you sharing about this. As you can see by all the questions, this is just an area that a lot of parents just don't quite know what to do. And yeah. and you've answered um, just a variety of different um, scenarios. Um, so I hope that, you know, you all feel encouraged. I know this has been, it's been really good. I'm just the, the things that you've, you've talked to, I think, um, 
we, I wish I would have had this information when teaching my kids when they were younger. Um, yeah, me too, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's so many things that I've learned in the last 10 years that... Mm. <laughs> Well, it's amazing, but you know, God fills in the gaps. And yes. so just know that, um, you know, wherever you're at, just be encouraged. Um, take this information, you know, however God just um, encourages you. Um, don't be anxious about it. Do where, where you yeah. feel peace, move forward. And I know Karen would tell you the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so um, one step at a time. I think we all, we want to do everything perfect and do it all right away. And it just doesn't happen that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, thank you again, Karen, and make sure yeah. you check out her um, her website at um, literacyconsultingspecialties.com and um, just appreciate everything that you shared today. It, um, it was great help. Um, we have lots of thank yous coming in on the, the feed. So um, just thanks so much for being willing to share and um, yes, it's and help parents. Truly. Yeah. Yeah, well, we are going to continue focusing on behavior and we're going to talk about natural sleep strategies. You got that child that just can't go to sleep. That's what our next episode will be about. So you'll definitely want to be back for that one. Um, I know I even have adult children that struggle with that. So I'm hoping to learn some, a few things on that. I'm one of those people I hit the pillow, I'm gone. Um, I don't have to worry about that. But there are loved ones that are struggling. So we'll, yeah. we'll, um, we'll address that issue because you know, when you don't sleep well, it affects your entire day and your child's day. So we definitely want to help on, on that side too. So, um, so come back for that discussion. Otherwise, um, take care and God bless everybody. And um, we'll see you next time here. And thanks again, Karen. Really appreciate Thank you. you. Okay, bye, everybody. take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. This has been Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. In a world where relationships are easily broken and often discarded, the Rebuilding Us Marriage Podcast is your lighthouse guiding the way to hope, restoration, and transformation in Christ. I'm your host and marriage coach, Dana Shea. Join me as we discuss the necessary tools for rebuilding marriages from adversity, betrayal, and disconnection. It's time to reignite love as we rebuild marriages from the ground up. Listen to the Rebuilding Us Marriage podcast on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.